As we approach the Yontav of Sukkot, the third and final Yontav of the Shalosh Regalim, I'd like to share with you an incredible idea in Chinuch By all of the Shalosh Regalim, Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot, the Torah obligates us to pass down the significance of these Yomim Toivim to our descendants. By Pesach, the Pesach says, Laman tesaper ba'aznei bincha ben bincha, in order that you relate to your son and your grandson the tremendous miracles that took place in Mitzrayim. About Mamad Har Sinai that took place on Shavuos, the Torah warns us, And you shall make it known to your children and to your grandchildren, The day that you stood before Hashem at Har Sinai. On Sukkot, the Torah tells us, the reason we dwell in a Sukkot for seven days is because of Man Yedu Daresechem Ki Besukkot Seshaftis Ben Israel. In order that the ensuing generations should know that Kal Yisrael lived in huts when they were emancipated from Mitzrayim. And the question is, if we are commanded to convey these momentous historical facts to our descendants, why is it that only on the Yontav of Sukkot that we are commanded to reenact the miracle of the Yidden sitting in a hut by physically going out and building a Sukkah and sitting in it ourselves? Why don't we do so on Shavuos as well and reenact the Mamad Harsina experience by going to a mountain somewhere and blaring a shoifer and creating some other thunderous sounds? On Pesach, we tell over the story of Yitzis Mitzrayim and eat certain foods to commemorate our freedom from Mitzrayim, but there's no physical reenactment of Yitzis Mitzrayim. So why specifically on Sukkot do we take the action of leaving our home and actually building a Sukkah and dwelling in it for seven days? So Chazal explained that the Shalosh Regalim symbolized the three-step process in the development of Hashem's relationship with Ka Yisrael. The courtship began on Pesach, that is when we celebrate the betrothal of Hashem to His bride, the Jewish nation. It was on Pesach when Hashem introduced Himself to us with those exalted words of Anoichi Hashem Alekecha Asher Eretz the second phase of the relationship occurred on Shavuos, when we metaphorically entered into the chuppah phase of our matrimonial relationship with Hashem. The Gemara says in Sech the Shabbos, Kafa alein har Hashem suspended the mountain over our heads, and that served as the canopy, the chuppah. On Sukkot, we consummate our relationship, so to speak, by living together as husband and wife in the confines of Hashem's house, the Sukkah. So the reason Sukkot is singled out for reenactment is because the Torah is teaching us a great pedagogical lesson. The best role models are the ones that lead by example. On Pesach and Shavuos, which signifies the stage in a person's life before marriage, the courtship phase and the chuppah, then verbal messages and similar methods might be sufficient. However, when it comes to Sukkot, symbolizing the stage of marriage and building a family, one has to physically show the way. It's not enough to tell your children about the importance of Torah study or the observance of mitzvahs. You have to go out and build a sukkah and dwell in it yourself. Show them how it's done. Demonstrate it to them by physically doing it yourself. Speaking of being a positive role model, I'd like to share with you an amazing story I heard from Ramosha Weinberger, the Venerable Rav of Eish Kodesh in Woodmere, New York. His father, Ramotcha Weinberger, was a survivor of Nazi camps, a yid from the Alterheim. After the war, he settled in Queens, New York. A pasha to yid, he called him. But he imbued his family with the warmth and love for Torah and mitzvahs unparalleled. So Moshe Weinberger said over this story, One year when I was in high school, I had a rough rebbe. 
I didn't do well and I hated going to yeshiva. Back then, lots of boys from religious homes were in public school, and many of them were my friends from the neighborhood. I knew that they finished the day much earlier than I did in yeshiva, so I decided I would join them and switch to public school. I approach my father and tell him of my decision to leave yeshiva. My father listens very intently. He doesn't lose his poise. He's very composed. He tells me, Moshe, this is your decision to make, but don't make a hasty decision. This is very important. Take a few days, sleep on it. You'll make your decision after Shabbos. Sunday morning, I tell him, Dad, I reached a decision. I decided I'm going to stay in yeshiva. Moshe, I'm proud of you, my father tells me. Then I said, Tati, if I had said I'm going to public school, would you have let me go? My father leaned forward, looked me straight in the eye and said, over my dead body. So then why did you tell me it's up to me if you wouldn't have let me go in the first place? Hermodecha Weinberger, a survivor who had been separated from his own parents as a teenager and never attended a single parenting class, said, Moshe, because I trusted you to make the right decision. Hermodecha Weinberger led by example. He created a home where the love for Torah and mitzvahs was palpable. He never lost any sleep while waiting for his son's decision. He knew after creating a home with a warm atmosphere for Yiddishkeit that his son was not going anywhere. And indeed, his son grew up to be a great leader in Klal Yisrael. And now, we know. Have a wonderful Yontif.